Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and sometimes, accidentally, in spite of myself, something funny or interesting happens. This is Previously Live. Okay, so a question I get really, really, really often is any recommendations vis-a-vis -vis making content. And I suppose that I'm somewhat qualified to answer that because I've done well for myself in a relatively short time. But the first thing that I wanna say, if you're interested in doing something like that, is that there really is a heavy, heavy luck component to succeeding in making content. I want you to understand that. I want you to know that with every fiber of your being, every time you do or consider anything, because it is essential to avoiding disappointment. Now, before I get right into it, I just wanna say, here's the, here's the um, what would you say, the lead up, okay? I am a YouTuber. I've been a YouTuber for about two years. I do live streams, and then from my live stream VODs, segments are cut out of what I do, and those are uploaded. It's a fairly simple process that allows me to maximize the amount of content I can produce uh, while minimizing the amount of editorial work that I do which I prefer because I like public speaking. I like this direct engagement. I do not like uh, ed editing finicky stuff. So let's say that you are interested in producing content. Well, there are many types of content. There are people who make content by sculpting cute little dogs and selling them on Etsy. There are people who make content by doing furry uh, anal vor uh, 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 commissions on Twitter and uh, selling those off. I, I hear those people actually make quite a bit of money. Um, you can make content in a lot of ways. The content that I make is political. I imagine if you're asking me for advice or if you want it from me, you're also interested in politics. But I do some video game stuff too, though that's not the mainstay of my content. Um, if you are interested in making content that is for other platforms, Twitter, Etsy, if you want to do a podcast even, I can't help with that. Let's talk about streaming and making videos, okay? Let's talk about those two. Now, there are two main ways of producing content in the platforms I'm familiar with that people tend to dive into, okay? And that is through edited videos and live streaming. And those are the two big ones. There are ways to, you know, vary, and some people swap between them, and, but fundamentally, it's usually either my model what I do, or what somebody like ContraPoints does. Bisexual lighting aside, you record a video, you write a script, you put it all together, you add your effects, you add your sound effects, and you make something. So a couple of quick pointers, all right? I wanna talk about the practical limitations and expectations that go into succeeding in making content, okay? Making content online is a wonderful thing to do. It can be very fun. You shouldn't go into it with the expectation of making money. Very few people make their livings off of making content online. Some people make enormous amounts of money from that content that they do produce though. And often the image of that success can be like a carrot that people follow along. You know, you see the number of patrons, people like, philosophy tube or whatever have, and you think like, ah, oh, if only I could, please keep in mind, when you produce stuff, it should be out of a sincere desire 
to fulfill some personal artistic vision. Not because you're looking to make money. That is not something that you can guarantee. No matter how hard you try or how much work you put into it or how talented you are, there is never a guarantee of being able to make any gainful work off of this. So please, God, don't go into it with that expectation. You will ruin yourself. I know there are people who have gone into it with those expectations. Please don't do that, all right? Sometimes you get lucky. Very often you do not. I want to explain how I got lucky. Back five years ago, actually like 10 years ago, I mean, you can go back really, really far. I was a frequent chatter, a prominent chatter in Destiny's community. Destiny and I both basically do the same type of work where we live stream and segments get cut out to make YouTube videos, except he does it on Twitch. I was a prominent member of his community. I would argue with him from time to time. And two years ago, after another prominent conversation with him, something happened. Another up-and-coming streamer called Hassan Piker saw an old YouTube video of Destiny talking with me. And Hassan Piker said, Oh, wow, that's super cool. Look, the, uh, Destiny's arguing with this socialist guy. This looks based. Can we have that socialist guy on? So I came on. I talked to H Bomber guy that same day. And the positive feedback that I got after speaking with Hassan led to me creating my own channel. At the time I created my channel, I had very little money. But a person in Destiny's community who is familiar with me and with my arguments with Destiny put up the money to buy me a uh, Blue Yeti microphone, which is about $140. If it hadn't been for that generosity, I would not have a channel right now. So, yeah, um, that was cool. And with that microphone, I was able to record a couple of videos. And shortly thereafter, I started streaming on Twitch. And I was able to get 30 or 40 viewers because people knew me from Destiny's community. I'd stream when Destiny wouldn't. Some people would come over, and it was fun. And then I was given money for a camera. Just a little um, Logitech C970, I think. And with that camera, I was able to start properly live streaming. You do want a face cam when you're live streaming. It definitely helps. And uh, I streamed for a while. I moved gracefully over to YouTube. And I continued doing what I was doing. And I got better and better and better at it. And now I'm one of the largest political live streamers around. Which is great. And I'm well compensated for my work. And it would be difficult for me to complain about any of the circumstances that led me to the position I'm in now. But I was very lucky. My greatest luck is that I had a pre-existing audience. The first video that I made, Enlightened Centrism, I'm pretty sure got a couple of thousand views in the first day of it being posted. Most YouTube videos do not get a couple thousand views when they first get posted. Destiny's community took a look and they liked it. And Initially, my audience was pretty much entirely dependent on my presence within that community. Even the website, Vosh.gg, is based on open source code from Destiny.gg. I imagine most of you know that. Um, all of these structures, all of these, well, they weren't coincidences, but all of these connections came together to help me. Now, Radical Rat, you make a good point. These connections were product of my merit. It wasn't 
just luck. I don't want you all to fall into like doomer determinism, okay? The only reason anybody wanted me to make a channel is because when I talked to Destiny, and when I first talked to Destiny, and the many times after that, I didn't expect anything. No money, no nothing. I did it because I wanted to do it. I went on that stream, I argued with his dumb fuck fans because it made me happy. And I did a good job. I wasn't as good back then as I am now, but I did an okay job arguing my points. And it was through that merit that my luck was made manifest. It's not all luck. Hard work and good talent can beget results. But the luck helps. Now, my life is radically different from what it was two years ago. I am, by any definition, successful. And now when I think of what to do with my content, what to do with my channel, I relate to it in a very different way from a new content creator. All of that ambiguity, all of that anxiety over how to proceed, all of that worry that I'm not fulfilling a vision properly is gone. Because I know what I am, and I know what I do well, and I'm happy to do it. And I'm going to keep doing it for as long as I can. Hopefully till I die. YouTube 2. Whatever it's going to be in 2040, you know? I like doing this. Now, I mean, it has its downsides, but I do really like doing this. So what if you want to get started? Well, the first thing you need to decide is what type of content you want to produce. Now, I told you there were two main types. You have edited content and live stream content. I'm going to distinguish between the two of them, okay? Live stream content is exhaustive, intensive, requires public speaking skills, requires the skills and abilities of an entertainer or a stand-up comedian, and will produce, on average, sloppy, unscripted, long-form content. Whereas producing edited videos requires fastidiousness, creativity, long-form planning, and script writing skills. But it allows you pr to produce short, incisive, memorable content. My old videos get a little bit of views. Little bit. ContraPoint's old videos get plenty. Because ContraPoint's old videos are eternal. My old videos are not. I produce a lot of content. I expect all of you to watch each of my videos, if you do it all, once, maybe twice. Some of them, like Politics 101, it holds on a little longer. But edited videos can be enjoyed forever. Forever! Because they're designed that way. Now, there are some different challenges both ways. For example, live streaming carries with it much greater risks, both to your well-being and to your, um... Now, let's just say to your well-being. For example, if you're a live streamer, it is significantly harder to avoid doxing. Constantly putting yourself on camera and your computer's contents on camera can make it easy for people to discover your identity. Sometimes that's not an issue. Most of the real names of the big bread tubers are known. If you don't want people to harass you, and depending on what type of content you produce, that is a very real possibility, 
they should never know your real name. If you're very, very careful, they can, you can prevent your real name from ever being known. It's possible to do that, though many people lack the foresight to sufficiently insulate themselves from that possibility. Once your name is known, other things are very, very easy to discover. If you are making online content, it is in your best interest to make sure only information you want released gets released. Does that make sense? I'm sure you all understand. Whereas if you make edited videos, tightly constricted edited content, the likelihood of any of this stuff coming out is uh, way, 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 way lower. So it's something to consider. The other benefit, I should say, or the compensatory benefit for live streaming is that you make a lot more money doing it. Live streaming will always make you more money than equivalent amounts of time and energy being put into video editing. If you're live streaming, like right now, I'm making a segment right now. What I'm doing at this moment is equivalent to, to, to the H-bomber guy hunched over in a chair editing, splicing segments together of Pathologic or whatever. The difference is I'm getting paid while I do it, and he isn't. Now, obviously, his videos get millions of views on my phone, but the point is, if there, that is a critical distinction. Live streaming is also a lot more exhausting, by the way. Live streaming is tiring. Sure, if, even if you're doing it full-time, like, it can be tiring, but keep in mind, you're not going to be doing it full-time. You probably have your own job. So having your own job, and then you sit down and subject yourselves to two or three or four hours of consistent, perpetual public engagement, often with a hostile audience or hostile segments of an audience, that is difficult. So what are you interested in? Would you rather do edited content, live streaming, or would you mix it up from time to time? That's something for you to consider. And while you're considering it, I strongly suggest you put some thought into what you want your vision to be. If you need to, try copying somebody more successful than you. Copying isn't just a form of flattery. It's also a form of developing um, one's individual perspective. This is an example that I used the last time I attempted this segment and invariably failed, but I'll give it another shot. Copying can be used to bring out your own creativity because when you think about it, pretty much every idea has already been iterated on in some way or another. When it comes to humor, comedy, storytelling, all this stuff, there, like, you're not the first person to do this, okay? Like, there's no true originality. What you do is you take bits and pieces of what other people have done and you synthesize them into something that's utterly unique. Or, well, that's the idea, at least. You would always want it to be unique. So here's an example. I draw. I'm okay at it. Here's a drawing I did. It's a character called Zagreus in a game called Hades. I drew it on ink and paper with my hands. Then I scanned it and I uploaded it and I added the color digitally after rendering transparent the non-inked segments. This is what it looks like. You can see something here. It's difficult for me to explain without you understanding like my internal process and the art that I did prior to it, but do you see these little splashes of color along the line work? The green and the purple, do you see that? It should be visible through the stream, I imagine. Um, that's not something that I had done before. The reason I did that is because that's how the original art style of this game looks. Let me see if I can find it really quickly. 
Zagreus, Hades. It's a real mythological figure, of course. So if you Google Zagreus, you might just get... Here we go. It's going to look pretty subtle in this picture, but if you look very carefully, you can see that there are splashes of color. See, a purple line here along the, uh, along the toga. Right here, some green. Do you see that? Now, the artist who did it here did it better than I did. They're a professional artist and I'm not, but I copied them. And the reason I copied them is because it gave me an opportunity to explore the way in which those alterations to the piece change its expression. It, it gave me an opportunity to learn how it affects the overall composition. Their picture is better, Vosh? That is true. They are a professional artist. Um, copying can be beneficial. So if you want to make content, edited videos, live streaming, whatever, think of people you admire, think of people you respect, think of aspects of their content you think you'd like to do as well, and give it a shot. Copying does not mean you try to do exactly what they do. It means you take elements that you appreciate, or yeah, inspiration, yeah, and work off of that. And in doing so, you find your voice. I was more like Destiny two years ago than I am now. I am now more different than I was then. But I wouldn't be who I am now if I hadn't been influenced by Destiny two years ago. That's how that works. So think about what interests you. And the, if there's any one key critical piece of advice I would offer, it would be this. One big issue that I have is that a lot of people online, a lot of lefties especially, what they agonize over when it comes to creating content is what they want to say. I reject this. Everything you want to say has already been said. All the theory you want to talk about, all the political issues they want to discuss, all of it, it's already been said. Probably better than you can say it. So don't worry about what you say. Don't worry about the content that you make, the actual content. Focus on how you say it. Think back, way back, to when you first became left-leaning. Maybe, I, I assume most of you are left-leaning. Some video or an argument. Was it the content of the argument or was it the way it was presented to you? Or let me put it another way. When you heard the arguments that made you who you were, was it because it was the first time you had heard those arguments before? Or was it because it was the first time you've heard them put so well? I guess it differs from person to person. But I think for a lot of people, you actually encounter a lot of bad iterations of agreeable arguments before you encounter the one that resonates with you. The goal is not to be the first, but to be the best. So I would ask you, if you want to make content, don't worry about saying something new. Worry about saying what you know well. Think about the aesthetic. Think about the rhetoric. Think about the persuasion. I know for a fact that when I go around looking at content, I am not stunned by the content creators who just present an idea I haven't happened to hear before. I'm stunned by those who are able to present their ideas, new or old, in ways that resonate with me, that'll stick with me, that I remember. And that's what you want to be. And that's what you all come here for. Most of what I say, most of the arguments that I use, 
are not arguments you haven't heard before. Sometimes I give you guys an argument you haven't heard before, but for the most part, I imagine that you are generally in agreement with my perspective before you hear it iterated. But you like listening to me because you like the aesthetic of my delivery. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think that's excellent. I think that's really important. My disagreements with the rest of the online left were generally centered around the way they presented their ideas, not the actual ideas themselves. And by the way, with a lot of my streams, you know what I do beforehand? I skim other content creators to see what's going on. I don't take their conclusions, but the material they talk about, I don't always know what I'm going to talk about in a given day. I don't have a secretary, and I'm a lazy piece of shit. I just think, I think these ideas, they're good, these subjects, these, these topics, these current events. So how can I deliver them in a way people will want to hear them? That's what you got to do, okay? So let's say you're a new content creator. You have a good idea of what... Okay, here you're my secretary, Hannah. You have a good idea of the content you want to make. You have a good idea of how you want to make it. And you have a good understanding of the risks and concerns associated with live streaming and producing VOD segments as opposed to edited videos. That's phenomenal. Let me give you some very specific business advice, okay? The best way to build an audience, bar none, is through connections, through attachments that you have made to other groups or to other people that allow you to get portions of their audience. Easy, easily. Networking is incredibly important. That's how I got started. I would not be who I am today if it weren't for the advantages that I was able to take from connections. That feels like using people now? No. It's mutual benefit. If you're an up-and-coming streamer, let's say you stream, you get two viewers. Nothing wrong with that. And you are a moderator in the live stream chat of another streamer. Maybe talk with that streamer. Hey, I'm happy to mod for you. Uh, would it be okay if I showed my stream now and again? Or like an offline chat when you're not streaming? Oh, sure, okay. And then you do that. It feels shameless. It is a little shameless. But nobody gets ahead in this business without a little bit of shamelessness. You can get plugs from other people. But keep in mind that when you ask this of larger content creators, it does tax them a little bit. Sometimes they just don't like you very much. Sometimes they do like you, but they feel like they're spreading themselves too thin with their public recommendations. I'm often in that position. A lot of people ask me for a lot of stuff. A lot of people. My emails are constantly full of people asking for shoutouts and favors. Now, I don't want my Twitter feed 50 times a day to look like a, 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 you know, a hospice center for GoFundMe links. You know? I, like, I don't want my Twitter feed to be nothing but a, a through line for other people to promote their projects. And nobody, by the way, would follow me on Twitter if that was the only thing I did. People follow me on Twitter to hear me on Twitter. People don't follow me on Twitter to hear me retweet everybody else's thing. So do be mindful of the fact that every time you ask favors of others, you are demanding something material from somebody else, even if it's a little thing. That doesn't mean it's wrong to do that. It's not. 
that only means it should be something that you are aware of. Because if you're not aware of it, you turn into a greedy little cunt, okay? You turn into an entitled little shit, and nobody likes you, and that'll come around. Because let me tell you, people, all the little antagonisms that build up when you're too small, too far beneath the radar to be noticed, pop back up when you're large enough for people to actually care, okay? I can tell you from personal experience, okay? Any antagonisms that you develop when you have two viewers are not going to get any smaller when you have 2,000, all right? So it's important to make sure that you're on people's good sides from day one. Another really big um, component to growing larger, and this is something a lot of people like forget all the time, is arrive the waves of public opinion. Let me tell you a little story, mini, mini story. Can I show this to you guys? I don't know if I can show this to you guys. Little story. I used to have, I used to post art on Twitter. And I thought, maybe I try hard enough I can get art commissions done on Twitter, you know? Uh, people would pay me for my art. Now, now you fuckers would pay me a lot of money for my art. Not because I'm good, but because I'm known. But that's my, that was my first thought. Like, how can I monetize being online? And um, I didn't get very much attention for anything that I, that I drew and posted. Because it's a huge market, you know? There are a lot of artists on Twitter. But there was one thing that I would always get attention from. And that was when I would draw enemies from Binding of Isaac, which would then invariably get retweeted by Edmund McMillan, the developer of Binding of Isaac. I would draw some of the little monsters in there, and I think I'd do a good job. And, um, and then he would retweet them. And every time he did that, I got a lot of followers. By a lot, I mean like 50 or 100. But like in those days, that was a lot, and it felt amazing. The attention, of course, I love Edmund McMillan's work, uh, you know, of course. So um, it felt really, really good. But what I realized by doing it is that that's how you build an audience. You know what Twitter artists are doing 98% of the time? They're alternating between two different types of content. Personal art and fan art. They do personal art when they can get away with it, and fan art when they want followers, baby. Whenever there's a season finale dropped from a big show, whenever Smash reveals a new character, whenever there's a new fucking video game, you draw fan art. Because when people search the tags associated with that popular content, you want your shit to show up. That's how you get big. You get really big off fan art. Nobody gets big off their own work. You want to get big enough off of your fan art in order to get money from your personal work. That's the goal. And very few people get that far. Most of the ones that do are porn artists. And that's great. But we're not talking about porn. We're talking about YouTube and Twitch. So if you're doing stuff on YouTube or Twitch, great way to really boost those numbers is to be topical. That's a huge part of being relevant. It even happens to me. How many people are watching this right now? Like 6,000? You know how many people were watching my live streams during the election season? Like 20 to 30,000. Even I am subject to the whims of popular interest.
yeah, it was huge. And it'll be huge again. Things go up, they go down. That's what you guys... 38,000, it got that big, Jesus. I benefit from that. And you all can too. If you're willing to ride that wave. If you're really engaged, you can ride that wave for types of content that you aren't even necessarily like yourself known for doing. If you're a politics live streamer, is there a rule that you can't do a video on like one piece? Is there a rule that you can't do a video on uh, 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 the boys? Or that you can't do a video on any of that on Cyberpunk 2077? Fuck no. You can do whatever you want. And you should. And every time you make a video, every time you do a live stream, you're given an analytics page. YouTube analytics is pretty complicated. Twitch a little bit. And you can look through it and you can see how people respond. There's no guaranteed path to success, but there are general tips that you can take. So, here are a couple of quick pointers. We're going to rapid fire through them. Like Jay Horn says, Vosh, I found you through one of your more non-political videos. Remember, when you do content outside of your normal realm, you have the opportunity to expand to a larger audience. Your goal as a content creator should always be, how can I keep my current audience happy while introducing a new audience to my content? That's always what you want to be doing. Once your audience is your audience, you, they're yours. You want to keep them, of course, but you always want to expand. It's like capitalism or the sun once it starts dying. You always want to be expanding. So expand on opportunities to breach out your audience. If you can bring on public figures to your stream or to your video to talk with them, you introduce another audience sliver that might otherwise have never seen your stuff. Pay attention to those analytics and pay attention to what types of content, what type of release schedule most benefits you. And if you can do that, you can see, generally speaking, consistent results. And I think most people are capable of achieving that to some extent or another. But keep in mind, the average length of time for a YouTube channel to hit a thousand subs is a couple of years. I don't know how much that's distorted by mean versus median averages, but that is nonetheless the case. If you are... Vosh, where did you get so good at talking nonstop during streaming? I've always liked public speaking. And you should tailor the content you do to your personal interests. For example, I've always liked stand-up, and I've always liked public speaking. Um, so I do what I do. And the way that I handle my streams is like a stand-up comedian, where I tend to keep a very rapid pace, point to point to point. There's not very much downtime. If you watch Hassan or Destiny, they'll stream their whole fucking day. They'll stream 12 hours, but they'll take lunch breaks. They'll chill. They'll watch something. They'll just relax and do a thing. I don't do that. It's usually very pointed. I like to keep a certain rhythm. Neither method is better than the other method. They're just different types of methods, you know, whatever. But I know why I do what I do the reasons that I do. That makes sense. Maybe some of you are uh, fucking gay. Like uh, Contra. In which case, producing content which emphasizes your theatrical performative disposition might be to your benefit. ContraPoints is known less for being, you know, like lefty and more for being bisexual lighting, ooh-woo, mouthfeel, queer, gay, ooh. There's nothing wrong with that. 
even ContraPoints has said that she would love to just have a fucking makeup channel. You know? So obviously, she adheres to a type of content that she feels reflects her character. Isn't that enviable? How bad would you feel if you spent time building a platform that you found wasn't even representative of your character? Think of what gets you interested in stuff. There are lots of little ways I let my character through when I do stuff. I constantly talk about anime and video games and stuff. This is not a serious political talk show. I show that by how I dress, too. If I wanted to, I could show up in a suit. If I wanted to, I could replace this chair and this microphone and my background with, like, an MSNBC wall scroll. There's nothing I couldn't afford to do, not realistically. I could rent out a studio somewhere in the city and just go there physically. I don't want to do any of that. I want to be a degenerate weeb who sits here in anime tees, in sweatpants, with anime merch behind me, and I want to do my live streams where I talk about how, yeah, where I, I, I relate Mitch McConnell to, to video game liches, okay? That's what I want to do. I'm not Sam Cedar. I'm not David Pakman. I'm not Jimmy Dore. I want to be able to do that. So I am who I am. I know that sounds cheesy, like, be who you are. But, like, you want to be something that you will be happy to be down the line. Yo, Vosh, why have you never invited me to play Among Us? Because you hate me for being pretty. Ha! I'm not in charge of who gets invited to that group. You've got to blame some other folks, okay? Um, but you should be invited, though. We want you in there. Um, does that make sense to people? I'm sure you understand the points that I'm making here. You all understand, then, basically how to produce content? Well, now that I've given you, like, the overlying sort of thought process... Wait, how'd you come to start promoting the streamers you sometimes promote? Usually I just talk with them and they're friendly. Um, but now that I've gone over those elements, the thought processes behind all of it, let me talk about some technical things, okay? Here's another nice thing about producing edited videos. It requires almost nothing on your part. If you uh, want to produce content, which is an edited video and doesn't even have like a, um, a, like a, a, a video cam component, all you need is a microphone and a computer capable of running even the most basic video processing software. Easy peasy. Live streaming requires a much more involved setup. Much, much, much more involved. More expensive too. Most computer setups are perfectly capable of live streaming these days. If you want to live stream while playing video games, you need a really good computer, though. Or two computers. And you always need a good internet. There are some areas in this country where the ISPs are so fucked that even the best internet package is going to be kind of crap for streaming. America sucks that way. Most places, most cities, should have a good internet connection, though. So. Gotta go for that. The very baseline thing you need as a live streamer is a microphone, a camera, and a computer and internet connection capable of handling it. In practice, though, you're also probably going to want a second monitor. Any OG Vosh viewers here? Back in the good old days, when I had a laptop that I streamed from, I viewed chat on my phone. I would look down, I had it propped up on a little like 
little thingy on the desk and I'd look down and that was where my, my chat was because I didn't want chat to show up every time I would tab onto the screen. So I had to look at it in a separate monitor. Now I have two monitors. I have the one where you guys are and that's here and that's not the one you see. Analytics, YouTube chat, live stream chat, SLOBS, stream window, so on. And then I have this one. And that's the one you actually see when I switch over to that field. Some people have three monitors. Conyer has three monitors. You only really need two, but you're going to at least want two. You probably do not want one. The more sophisticated your live stream setup, the cost increases pretty quickly. I like playing video games while I stream, when we get around to it, so my computer is capable of handling that. When I first got this computer, the 2080, um, the uh, 2080 Ti uh, RTX GeForce whatever was pretty much the best graphics card around. Now it has been thoroughly obliterated, I think, by the 3080, so I'm going to have to get my hands on that eventually. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, the microphone that I first had, uh, the, um, the, um, uh, by the 3070 it is? Gotcha. 3090? I don't know. Yeah, um, the microphone that I first had, the Blue Yeti, uh, was a good microphone, but it's not as good as what I'm using now. Now I have an Audio-Technica, uh, uh, AT-8040, I believe, and I have it attached to a, uh, Focusrite audio mixer over there. The first webcam that I used, the, um, I even, I named it earlier, but, um, what was it called? The C70, CX7, the first webcam that I had was not very good. The best webcam, the C920, the C920. The best webcam you can get, in my opinion, is the Brio 4K. It's going to give you 4K video, but it's going to do it with a webcam. The thing with webcams is that they don't have depth of field. Uh, if you look at some of my old videos, the ones before I upgraded to a mirrorless camera, there's no depth of field. The background is just as blurry as I am. It's the same. It's like uh, just a flat plane and... It, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't look like bad. And the nice thing, too, about the Brio is that you can just plug it right into the computer. Now, if you want to get more complicated than that, I have a DSLR camera. It's a Sony 6400, $800, I think, 1000 I don't know. Um, and what you do with those is you plug in a dummy battery, and you plug the dummy battery into a wall because you want it to be running constantly. And then you, uh, you insert a memory card so it doesn't freak out at you. And uh, then you connect it to a capture card, and you connect the capture card to the computer. And sometimes it can be a little, little annoying um, to get it all set up. But once you do, we now have good color, good depth of field. I'm not great at video management, so other people would do better with this equipment than I would. And, okay, the depth of field thing only works if you actually do it when I say to do it. There we go. There we go. There we go. You have to listen to me when I say that. Um, but it looks pretty okay. Yeah, Zahan though. And of course, I have lights in front of me that fill my face. And I have now colored lights behind me, which make everything look prettier. You put all that together and you have a nice looking stream set up. You know, everyone handles it differently. But remember, a lot of what I just described to you is not necessary. If I wanted to, I could be doing this stream without the background color, without the fill lights, only using the overhead light from the fucking room that I'm in. Uh, I could be using the Blue Yeti and I could be using the Brio 4K webcam. And all of those things together would still produce a good stream. 
but it is nice to have it decked out. Zan, I think your stream looks great. Your stream is the only reason I got the damn colored lights. Anyway, I think it looks real nice. It inspired me. Um, and if you're live streaming, of course, it, um, it does help to look as good as possible. Uh, as unsavory as it may seem, you know, uh, to some people, parasocial relationships are an inevitable consequence of popularity online. You can say it's a good or a bad thing, and I encourage people to talk about it and be open about it, but they are a thing that will happen inevitably. It can't not happen, assuming you're of a given size. You have to acknowledge that. You can't pretend you don't have those. And people like it when you look good. I get some donos because people think I'm cute. That's, I don't know. I just said, whatever they're into, you know. How do you feel about parasocial relationships? I think it's very important to not mislead your audience. You are all viewers of mine. You're not friends. Well, some of you are friends, you know. But, and you know who you are. But you're viewers of mine. And I appreciate having you all here. I mean, it does legitimately make my life better to have you guys here with me. But I don't want to cultivate from all of you an expectation that we have some kind of personal relationship. Because that's just not the case. As a girl, how nice should I look? <laughs> I mean, if, if, if you're, I mean, if you look really nice as a girl, that will definitely help you out. But I don't know. That's, that's up to you. I certainly don't think there's anything wrong with getting your tits out for a stream. But well, they don't, they don't even let you do that on Twitch anymore. You have to have... I don't think you can show cleavage, or at least not much cleavage. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been on Twitch. Um, frankly, YouTube streaming might be preferable these days. Twitch has been going down really hard with the TOS lately. It's getting harder and harder to do things like what I do. Um, you know, it, it's it's getting more and more difficult, I think. Um, even Hassan and Destiny have been talking about the difficulty in managing political content on that platform. So maybe YouTube is better for the long run. But if you just want to play video games, Twitch is definitely better. I don't know. It's all hard to manage. How do you avoid trolls slash creeps on a stream? So unfortunately, you have to go with bully logic. You don't want to give people attention. I know it sounds like juvenile and you want to stick up for yourself or whatever. But if people are being super antagonistic to you or really mean or whatever, just quietly ban them. Don't freak out. You can make a joke at their expense, but don't give them what they want, which is the attention. That's been my... um. My, my modus operandi for the entirety of my platform. I ban people in chat. I ban people in YouTube chat. I block people on Twitter. Sometimes people email me troll shit or they'll do troll shit or they'll otherwise inconvenience me. I don't give these people any attention. I know probably that there are literally hundreds of people around the world who clench their fist knowing that they inconvenienced me in some way in chat and email, whatever, but I didn't give them the attention they wanted and that bothers them. And you need to be that person to them as well. You need to be a thorough disappointment to the people who don't like you. That's the goal. How do you avoid people who end up being discount versions of you? <laughs> hey, listen. If you're ever in a position where you feel people are copying or taking inspiration from you, you don't need my advice. That is only something that takes place after you are well-established. But for me personally, anytime people are inspired by what I do, I find that nothing but flattering. We need more people doing what I do. Hopefully people who do what I do even better than what I do. How do you deal with people becoming better than you? That's a personal problem. I can't help you. That's not a content creator problem. That's a that's a father growing to contend with the fact that he loses to his son in arm wrestling problem, okay? I can't help you with that one. Um, yeah, 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 Sam. But, but people are always going to be un, you know uncharitable with that respect. Um, let me think. Is there any other like major thing that I want to talk about with regards to content creation 
any advice for art streams? I can't help you with that one much. Be entertaining? I mean, that really, really helps. A lot of being a good streamer really does just come down to the ability to entertain people. Um, more so than, like, political education, that's for sure. I know my views go way up when I'm debating some brainlet. Um, but if I were just to, like, dryly recite theory to you guys, it doesn't matter how informative I'm being. People aren't going to stick around for that. Any advice on finding a niche? That's up to you, mate. Um, find what you're good at. Find what you're interested in, you know? Any suggestions on editing software? Uh, I have no idea, comrade. It's all crap. Fuck all of it. Um, Vosh, I don't know what to do my, uh, with my life. That is not something I can help you with. Vosh, can you clarify that loud and mean does not equal funny? That is true, of course. Yeah, I feel like Premiere is pretty much the only way, unfortunately, but fuck it, though, B. Um, any suggestions on entering the void of leftist streaming? Well, I mean, what I've said so far, but I'll make one final point. One final point. Because if you're listening to me, you're probably on the left, okay? Generally speaking, try to avoid drama with the left. Trust me, as the person who has been the center of more online leftist drama than arguably any other content creator. You get nothing from it. You can monetize and benefit from drama with the right, or with the center, or with liberals. You can't do it as well with the left, okay? It just doesn't work that well. Leftist infighting is om it's almost unique in its how mutually destructive it is. It's incredible how unproductive it is. So if you want to get, if you want the drama, if you want the fighting, whatever, be careful with who you direct it at. Try your best to make friends, but don't rely on them too much. And remember that at the end of the day, most people are trying to make this a living, especially if they're live streamers, because that takes a lot of time investment. And if they're trying to make it a living, they consider all of this including engagement with you, to be a component of a lifestyle they're trying to build. Remember, they take it seriously, okay? Not all of them. There are people who just live stream for fun, but a lot of them are going to take it seriously. And you need to be respectful of that because it will inform their behavior. There are pressures on them that you may not even begin to understand. There are pressures on me, too. Anytime you're a public figure, anytime you're even attempting to be a public figure, other people are, in addition to what they truly are, also focuses of attention and potential benefit for you. And because of that, behavior which might otherwise be inexplicable suddenly becomes very, very, very obviously necessary. I understand I'm being vague here, but it's a vague point. Just keep it in mind. How important are thumbnails for YouTube videos? Essential. If you want advice on thumbnail and titling, just take a look at what other big YouTubers do. That's what I mean about like copying or taking inspiration from. For example, the tags in my YouTube videos, I don't even type them out. There's a um, an algorithm that generates them based on a couple of keywords that I type in. Because the algorithm knows better what types of things people are typing about with regards to a given subject. Why would I, yeah, rap, yeah, rapid tags. Yeah, exactly. Why would I do that? I can't do that better than the algorithm can, you know? All right, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. All right. Godspeed, people. Try to make content if you can. You need lots of lefty content creators. I believe in all of you, all right?
give it a shot if you can.